0: everybody, welcome back to Enjoying the Journey. I have missed being able to put out podcasts over the last two weeks, but that's because we just got done with Rise Fest 2021. Maybe you were there, maybe you've never heard of it, but it is our annual Christian Music Festival where we get to spend time with some amazing bands, have speakers, a kid zone, inflatables, a tween tent, teen tent, This year we were blessed to have artists such as We The Kingdom, Big Daddy Weave, Casting Crowns. We also had Jason Gray, Zach Williams, Matthew West, and a new gal making her way up the charts called Ann Wilson. It was an amazing weekend. We feel extremely blessed, a little tired, but extremely blessed after a weekend of worshiping together. God blessed us with amazing weather, impactful, Impactful ministry and just absolutely uh, a wonderful time. So we are grateful for that. But today we're back in the podcast room, ready to share with you a fellow evangelist and friend named Mark Young. I got to meet Mark many years ago through the Luis Palau Association, called NGA or the Next Generation Alliance. And I'm so excited to introduce you to to Mark and his story and the ministry that God is doing through him. So if you would, please welcome Mark Young to Enjoying the Journey. Welcome to Enjoying the Journey. We have our good friend Mark Young with us today. Mark and I go way back through the Plow Association, but many of our listeners may not know who you are, Mark, and what your story is about and, and your ministry. Can you give us a little background on who you are, what you're up to, and what God's doing. Yes, definitely. Uh, definitely, thank you for allowing me to come on
1: to the uh, podcast here to this uh, for your, for this experience and to this journey. And uh, my name is Mark Young, um, um, I'm 54, going on 55 in August. And uh, I was born in a little city in uh, Miami called Opelaka, uh, really? Florida. And it's a uh, it was the first African-American governor city in Miami, so it's kind of a sub-city. Uh, I'm the youngest of five kids. I have uh, uh, three brothers and one sister. And uh, my mom, uh, which oof, was a pilot, went home to be with June four years. Uh, my, and my father, which was a uh, mayor of the city. Uh, also, he was a mortician. And also, he was a senior pastor uh, of, uh, of AME Church. And uh, yeah, so uh came out of a... Christian foundationally family, but had a definitely a lot of bumps and journeys along the way. And, uh, but yeah, I'm married now and uh, I have uh, three three men, three boys. Uh, Michael, Marcos, and Kevin. And uh, Kevin's the youngest is 20. Uh, Michael and Kevin is through marriage. Marcos is my biological. And uh, we have six grandchildren, married to a beautiful, wonderful wife of mine, Marticia Young. Um, which is also my co-evangelist. I know a lot of evangelists tell you they're so uh, envious of me to have my wife as my co-evangelist. Uh, but yeah, so we're based out of Marietta, Georgia, where our office is, but we live in a city called Dallas, Georgia, which is about 30 minutes northwest of Marietta. And uh, yeah, been into the Pal- Palau group uh, since about 2010 as a strong organ, you know, organization called Massey. And that's called Missionaries in the Service of Yahweh, and uh, but been aware of the Palau Group since 2003, 2004.
0: I think that maybe when you and I first met, well, it might have been later than that. But I remember getting around the Plow Group about the same time. Yeah. Out, out in Portland. Now, Massey that you just described is—is is that yours, or is that a larger organization? Bro,
1: Massey was started by me and my wife uh, about 2008. Uh, when we kind of God gave us the the name and Massey stands for missionary and servants of Yahweh. And a lot of what we do comes out of our past. Um, one, um, me being coming from an AME background, African, Method, African Methodist Episcopal, which my father was a senior pastor of not the church I grew up in, but uh, we never knew what missionaries, at least I never knew what a missionary really did. I just used to see it on the um tithing envelope where a little dash to put money in and they would put money in. But I never knew that missionaries left and went out to do missions until I was introduced to a non-denominational church. Our church never left to go anywhere. We went to different churches, but we never did any type of mission trip. So uh, when God gave us this vision, uh, he was showing me that there's missionaries in the military, but that don't mean they're doing the work of Christ. So the the name Massey uh, which is missionaries in service of Yahweh we are missionary and a servant of Je- Yahweh Jesus Christ. Yeah. that's where that name came from and it's something that me and my wife put together and we have a team of about 10 to 12 people and uh, we all come from different churches because uh, one of the biggest deepest burden in my heart is unity. Mm-hmm. I'm a strong mm-hmm. person in unity and, and when I read John 17 through 20 to 23, I always say, we can tell the world about Jesus Christ, but if we don't become one and become unified as him and his father, the
0: world will never know he was sent. Oh, that's good. That is good. How, how long has, has Massive been going on now? We got really kicked in about 2010.
1: Okay. And uh, I think that's kind of too, when we started really doing a lot of the NGA conferences and I would definitely get a chance to speak with you. And uh, we started out, it was just me and my wife and my son, Kevin which is now seven years old. It was at seven years old at the time when I, when I first met my wife. And uh, we used to just go out and feed the homeless. That was our mission. And uh, God really grew us to grow stronger where we were able to uh, see it grow and, and um, see people who were around us. And my, my son is a social butterfly. So all his friends from churches would come together and we would take them out on mission trips and take them to some of the NGA conferences and uh, we've seen one of one of my, I really just, me and my wife really be so proud of is Jason and uh, Elizabeth. We took them on two different mission trips locally in the U.S. And uh, now they're worship leaders at a church, married with a kid, one kid on the way, and they're leading a worship at a church in Ohio. So, you know, just what they used to meet at our table and we would speak life and speak the Lord around them and into them and here they are leading a, a whole congregation now
0: that's that's awesome so so tell us about this passion of becoming an evangelist because you, you didn't start out that way it, it no um
1: like i said uh my father uh held many titles he was a, he was the mayor of the city at one time uh he was a he was a uh senior pastor of a church growing up in the church my mom's church was mount zion and me uh, where she was there till she went home to the lord for 54 years and uh, my father started out in that church and he became a pastor of St. James and me. In this time, him and my mom was going through a, a, a separation. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the days, you never knew what was going on because they never allowed children to be in grown folks business. Yeah. I just knew dad wasn't home. And, uh, but yeah, w- one Sunday I came home with a brand new dog. I'll <laughs> never forget that. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone gave me a dog, a little puppy. And I was showing my mom and my mom was just in tears. And I'm like, what's going on? And she goes, your dad just passed away. And I was like, what? And it was like, yeah, he was at church and passed away in the pulpit. And I was 14 years old. And uh, trust me, I had a fear of the pulpit and had wanted nothing to do with church, but I had an African-American mother was like, oh, you gonna go to church. And, uh, <laughs> so she made me go to church and trust me, I learned how to play church. I even knew how to say the exact words like, you know, I'm blessed and highly favored and praise the Lord. And how are you doing today, my brother and sister? But trust me, I was far away from Jesus. I remember even got to a point that I used to DJ in strip clubs and I would be in the strip club on Saturday and in church on Sunday. And I remember even playing Kirk Franklin's song Stumped in the strip club. That's just how carnal I was. And um, But one of the things and music, I, I always loved music, whether it was Christian or secular. And I remember when the Palau group, I think it was 2003, 2004, came to Fort Lauderdale for Beach Fest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is Beach Fest? And you're keeping the music, you know, back in the Miami days of Two Live Crew, the booty shaking, I'm all into that. Yeah. And I'm like, what is Beach Fest? And so I go out to this and I found out it was Christian. I think it was Kurt Franklin and Mercy Me there and, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Mary Mary. And I was like, how did he get all these Christians on a beach where spring breakers used to come, you know, and party and alcohol? And it was free. So that really intrigued me. And uh, when I started really trying to pull myself out of the world into the Christian walk, I always leaned on music. Even in, when I got deep, started working in the church, even I would do the uh, engineering and sound. And that's when I started to want to pull in. And I remember moving from Miami to Jacksonville, working with Southwest airlines. And I had this heart to put on a Christian concert because now I'm really finding myself getting plugged into the body of Christ. And uh, I remember calling Jeff Piper, that night might ring a bell. Oh,
0: oh yes, I love Jeff Piper.
1: <laughs> yeah, I called Jeff Piper and, uh, and I remember him telling me, hey, you need to come out to Portland City Fest in 2007 and uh, check out the Palau group. And I had the mindset of getting on this plane, flying out to Portland, figure out how to put on a Christian concert. Right. That's what I remember from Beach Fest. I, didn't, I remember Louis speaking, but I couldn't even tell you what he spoke about. <laughs> but was, I was just so intrigued. Uh, like, How did he get this concert on the beach? And I wanted to do something similar in Jacksonville. When I got there, uh, I was sitting in the conference and I sat between a, a, an evangelist from, I think he, they were from, one was from Rwanda and one was from India. And I'm sitting in the middle of them. They introduced themselves to me. And I goes to myself, I feel like a fish out of water because I just <laughs> want to put on a concert. What's right. these evangelist guys talking about? And the whole week, you know, we went through, we go out to the crusade. I think it's like, like 100,000 people there. It's just so amazing. And I think uh, I got a chance to go backstage. Met Scott Free and met Tom uh, Machirio from uh, Faith to Faith. And I was backstage, got a chance to say hi to Kirk Franklin. And I get on the plane, and I go through all my notes, and I had nothing about a crusade. But I had everything about leading somebody to Christ. (laughs) You know, nothing about a concert. And I remember Jeff calling me back. He's like, hey, bro, I want to send you some uh, paperwork, let you know, kind of like a certificate, let you know you went through the training of evangelism. And we think you'll be a great evangelist. I was like, what? I just want (laughs) to put on a concert, dude. And I remember Jeff saying these words, the concert and the crusade is just a byproduct. We really want to get you equipped to share the gospel. And that's where my heart starts to burn. And we used to come to the crusades and the, uh, to the conferences and we say, we come to serve and we come to soak because we know have no idea what God wants us to do. And uh, right now, God has really uh, showed us what he wants us to do. And that's kind of how my calling of evangelist came
0: on. Yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. And what intrigued me so much is the idea that you are scared of the pulpit. Because that's yes. the past, and how that probably kept you away from many years.
1: Totally, literally, uh, I have, like I said, I have three brothers. Uh, ones, uh, my brother Robert is a senior pastor of a church in Miami, and then I, and I have a brother Daniel. And, and my brother Junior was Willie Young. He's, he was the junior of my father. Uh, he was the largest. One, he was a part of the largest drug dealer organization in Miami. Wow. And uh, literally went to prison for about 16, 17 years and at my mother's funeral four years ago at the age of 59, he gave his life to Christ. Wow. So. uh, But, yeah, I was so afraid of the pulpit and I'll never forget my brother, uh, Don L. His wife passed a cancer. Mm -hmm. I was living actually in Austin, Texas at this time, uh, working for Southwest Steel and uh, came down for the funeral, me, my wife, Tish and Kevin and my brother rob comes up to me he goes man so have you made it and uh want to love to have you here and uh when you guys heading back to austin i was like well monday he goes great you'll preach at my church on sunday and yeah. i was like i do what you want me to do the sound you mean i can run the soundboard for you mm-hmm. he's like no i'm preaching the funeral on saturday for uh donnell's wife and um i need you to preach sunday at my church and it was i had never preached never been to seminary school wow. i'm like what am I to preach? I don't even know how to preach. How do you put a sermon together? And uh, my wife, we we're at the hotel because we didn't want to stay at my mom's house at the time. And uh, my wife said, well, just open the Bible and turn to whatever you get to read it and ask the Holy Spirit to allow you to preach something. Yeah. And I opened up the Bible and I will turn to the book of Jonah. Oh, nice. That's why I call God Jehovah Haha. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I had been running. I had been running from the pulpit because I was afraid. And uh, I preached my first sermon about eight years ago in October. Ah. Yes. I've been
0: preaching ever since.
1: And been preaching. I, and I have this thing I always tell people. God never called me to open up a church. <laughs> he called me just to preach the gospel. Uh, because you know, everybody's a PK. They come behind and he goes, you're a pastor. And you're going to open a church. And I was like, nah, God never told me that. But Recently, uh, we just got back from Zambia, and uh, we're putting together this Nehemiah movement in Lusaka, Zambia, and God uh, opened up a sanctuary. I don't know if I'll be running it. I don't feel. I don't see that, but I know he's having me to uh, establish one there.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm a I'm a PK kid, too, and I, I have no plans on opening None. it. None. Zero. Now, a lot of your guys' work is overseas, right? Africa and... It's starting to
1: move in Africa. It's been my, you know, my heart was always to do global ministry. And uh, we were at a church here in uh, Marietta for like three or four years and had a bad uh, situation. Pastor pastor, stopped speaking to us. And, uh, and he told us when we got there, he was an in-reach pastor, not an outreach pastor. and. Uh, We were actually in D.C. at an NGA conference and ran into a gentleman named Brian Davidson, who hooked us up, who connected us with a pastor named Dr. Michael Lewis, who came out of uh, IMB, International Mission Board. And uh, so literally, we've been at Roswell Street Baptist Church now going on four years, and uh, they allow us to have our office space there for free. We're on the admissions board. And uh, so my first mission trip ever out of the country was with Roswell Street Baptist Church to Cuba. Oh, wow. about Three years ago and uh, three, four years ago, and it changed my life. And uh, I, I was able to see people that didn't have not even a hint of what I own or what I, what God allowed me to manage here, but they had so much faith in God. So that took me from there. Then I ended up doing a mission trip to um, Santa Monica. Colombia and then we went to Puerto Rico for a stint and then God sent me, sent us to Uganda in 2019 with a gentleman named Richardson Paula which is an NGA member. Okay, And uh, so that was our first trip to Uganda and one thing we say about Uganda is they don't lie to you, they just don't tell you the truth. Oh. So uh we've done ministry there, but investments. Uh God hasn't opened that door, but Zambia has been a door that's wide open for us. And uh, it's 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 amazing what's happening in Zambia right now.
0: Yeah, you guys just went over with a decent sized group from uh NGA, right?
1: Yeah, it was uh me, Keith, Allen, Reed, uh We had uh, Desmond Henry from South Africa and two guys with him. Two came from France. And one guy from Uganda who I've been working with who's become like a spiritual son uh, to me and my wife. He's a Christian, like reggae art, reggae Christian African artist. So we all was there. And uh, Tara came from Reed. And it was amazing. It was like 20 of us, and we all shared the same stage. Wow. That's uh, all. Awesome. It's about seven. We had seven nights of crusade, which never happened. No more than three to four nights there. seeing over forty thousand people with the gospel, and close to three to—I mean, close to four thousand decisions for Christ on paper. So, and uh, we got a chance to train about a five hundred pastors. We did a, a a pastors conference, marriage conference, evangelist conference, and a women's conference, and then they did. Uh, Outreach in the prisons, to, uh, detention center, and marketplaces, and also they went into visually impaired. So John Andres and uh,
0: oh yeah, and
1: yeah he was there. So BMX guys was there. So it was it was amazing.
0: It yeah. was amazing. So it sounded amazing. I heard reports. And I suppose Vic Murphy was probably there too with John. Or- Vic, John John and
1: Dustin came. Vic uh, wife was not doing well. Oh. He was in Melbourne, but he wasn't able to come. It was supposed to have been Vic and John, but it was actually John and Dustin. Got it. Yeah, we're, we're planning to do another one in 2023. And uh, we were in Livingstone, Zambia, which is where the Victoria Falls, about eight and a half hour drive from Lusaka. But we're planning to do one in uh, a city called Chawama. Uh, yeah, Chawama, which is about 25 minutes outside of Lusaka, uh, 25, 30 minutes. And uh, we're expecting 15,000 people per
0: night there. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. With with everything going on from losing your dad on the pulpit, having a brother that was part of the largest drug operation in, in, in Miami, to uh, just life in general, what would you say has been one of, and becoming an evangelist where you never thought you would, to I'll run your soundboard, I'll but I'm, I'm not the preacher, to, oh, I'm preaching. My brother said I'm on his his pulpit today. I don't know what I'm doing. With all of that, what would you say has been one of the biggest challenges you've experienced, and and how'd you overcome it?
1: One of the biggest challenges is, and and I've shared this with multiple people, um, and it's a domestic problem. It's not an international problem. So, like, we do what we call City Fest, Marietta here in Marietta, okay. and one of my challenges in this walk, you know, like like I said, I've gone through a lot as you just mentioned, but getting African-American pastors to trust me. Uh-huh. Um, like for instance, our City Fest here in Marietta, we have more Caucasians, Asians, uh, Hispanics, uh, Brazilian pastors that like, hey, we love this mindset of coming together But, you know, the African-Americans, you know, I met with one pastor and he was gung-ho about it. And 10 minutes into it, he's like, uh, Trump this, Trump that, Trump this. And I was like, dude, where did you miss in the Bible says pray for your leaders? Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's like, because I'm a, I'm a, like I say, you can strip away everything from me. If we can do unity, I'm 100 percent, 200 percent in Nice. because i believe in unity and i love you know i always say unity does not mean looking the same right Unity means my gift your gifts we all bring it to the table we be transparent we be vulnerable but we impact the
0: kingdom amen amen yeah. so what do you what do you um what do you think the hang-up is with african-american pastors in in your city coming together
1: one of the biggest hang-up i see and this i feel it's a really thing of religion is, you know, most, and you've probably known this from being a PK, you know, you have a, we tell people at Roswell street and they accept this and we love it. Massey ministry and Roswell street Baptist church are parallel ministries and evangelists that we work for the church, through the church and with the church, but through the African-American community, it's like, you know, first thing they ask us, who is your cover? And I was like, well, Jesus is my cover. Mm-hmm. but no, 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 no. Like who's, who over you? Okay. Well, Louis Palau was my mentor, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. but the bottom line is they always want to, and I think, and this is, I seen this more in African-American. They always want to pull you into their ministry and you become their ministry. Ah. And if you don't conform to that, the unity never gets a chance to happen.
0: Got it. So, so it's right? not, it's not technically about unity uh, in, in, in that, spectrum it's more about will you will you come to my church will you be a part of mine
1: yeah and and, what, and,
0: and and i need to be your cover right versus i love what you're doing mark i'm gonna walk alongside you even though i have a a congregation here i want to walk alongside you because if we come together we're better together than we are independently and we can we can reach a whole lot more people when we come together and it yeah. is beautiful when people come together yes and my, my thing is you know, I live in an area where we all kind of look the same, and I wish there was a little bit more diversity. I, I mean, even in the things that we do, I wish there was uh, more diversity. But the idea of walking alongside each other in each other's gifting and the way God has called us in, into the spirit is huge because that's how we reach people. You're exactly. going, You're going to Zambia. My body physically can't allow me to go to Zambia, but you know how bad I want to do overseas international ministry. Somebody asked me one time, Rob, if you didn't have MD muscular this, you know, I'm the one in the chair at the conferences and things like that. What mm-hmm. would you do? I said I would do a whole lot more international trips. Amen. Well, my body doesn't allow that to happen, but I can walk alongside Massing Ministries. I can walk along Reed Saunders. I can walk alongside uh, Keith Cook, etc. And all of a sudden, now so much more is, is, is being done exactly. than just focused on what, our, what we're doing. And we're doing something in, in Iowa, right? Everybody flies over Iowa. That's a flyover state, but that's where God's got us. We're, we're working in, in, in Iowa. And uh, I know I just appreciate you sharing so much about just what's going on in your life. I do want to ask you how's your brother who just came to Jesus four years ago doing?
1: Well, I, I can tell you uh, for, you know, definitely, like I said, I'll be transparent. Uh, he was more of a hit man. My brother's like six, seven, close to 300 pounds. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And uh, once he gave his life to Christ, I won't say he's a fully follower, but I can be honest with you. I can see the door every day opening closer for him to just really s- submit. Um, back during, right after he even got out he could not pronounce the word love. Wow. I would, I would call him and be like, you know, Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm going all right. We wouldn't stay on the phone no more than two minutes. And I would hang up and I would, before I hang up, I goes, Hey brother, I love you. And he goes, mm-hmm. talk to you later. Mm-hmm. And now, man, I mean, I was just down there because next week I'm doing a Christian block party down there. I went out, put out some flyers down there the other day. And I called, I stayed at my mom's house for the night. But that's where he stays at now. And, and, uh, when I got it, I already left. I called him. I said, Hey, man, I'm getting ready to get on the flight. He was like, Hey, but you be safe, man. I said, Take care. I love you. He said, I love you too, bro. Call me when you get home. That right there. You know, you know, sometimes you want to, you know, trust me, I want to see him in the church every week. And, right. But, right. but for him to just say, I love you, I know something's in his heart is changing that's awesome and 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 a quick story about him we were going to we were supposed to go right before covid to cuba with alan and keith me and my wife okay okay and uh so he called me and he's like hey you're in tish still here in cuba and i was like yeah right now it looks like we're open he was like man you heard about this covid thing going on i was like well yeah but we still going long story short we didn't go but he called me back like two three days before he's like hey man um me and, uh, me and the siblings got together. We had a meeting. We kind of voted that you shouldn't go to Miami, go to Cuba wow, because of this COVID thing. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I flew down to Miami instead of going to Cuba to visit some of my family during this time. And I talked to my sister. I was like, hey, I heard you guys had a meeting. She goes, that's a lie. We didn't have a meeting. But it was
0: him orchestrating that he didn't want us to go because he was Oh, caring. that's so good. Yeah. That so um, yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. So has he been able to totally get out of what he was in? Oh
1: yeah, in? he's he's not he's nowhere near it. He he actually uh owns a uh, mobile and self standing car wash okay. business. Okay so he goes, and I think he's contracted through like Hertz and the budget, and he goes and does all the cars on the car lot. So he's well, man. I mean that's awesome. I, I'm I know God has changed him. I just know he's not connected in the church like I would love to see
0: yet. Amen. Amen. And uh, we always like to ask this question, too. So we're all on a journey. We talked about this before we started. Your journey has. Wow. Right. There's there's some incredible hard moments and some amazing God moments. If you could have anybody with you right now on this journey with you, who would it be?
1: Well, I tell you, man, that question right there is always brings tears to my eyes. Mm. It would be my sons and my mom. Yeah. Um, all three of our boys, you know, one of my my wife, our oldest son, very talented. And we my wife would always say, Michael, you need to bring your talents over to Jesus. And um and my mom. Mm
0: is your is your son walking down a different path right now
1: yeah i mean like michael the oldest you know he's a strong promoter does a lot of the secular hip-hop every, here in atlanta wow and uh supports us 100 percent. sometimes you know years prior he would allow me to come into some of his uh, things and share the gospel, you know. Oh, cool. He's like, they, he called them smoke and chill, you know, they like smoke cigars or whatever, And chill. but he was, like he would introduce me and I'm not, his, you know, I'm, I'm his father through marriage. He was like, Hey, yeah, you know, my dad's here and the evangelist Mark Young is going to share word of God with you guys, like in the midst of everybody. So wow, we know, and then Kevin, you know, he's 20, but you know, we know he knows Christ. He, I mean, he literally wrote a thing about when Palau, when Luis passed on, he sent the letter in. So we know they know Christ. And then my middle son, uh, that's my biological son. We, he's far away. Like he's getting ready to go through a divorce, which is sad. So, mm-hmm. but my sons, I mean, we pray for them every day that God would break them and draw them closer to him and then along, you know, that was my, that was my rock. No. I know she's with me, you know, even when I was in Zambia my sister was following me on social media and she goes, Mom is smiling down on you right now. You know, she was 54 years in her church. Uh, she never moved. Everybody had to drive her around all her life she lived. Uh, she retired from her job, working at the same job for 30 years. And uh, everything I know about the Lord mostly came from mom.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. When, when kids are walking their own path, is hard. But it is. It it's is so, so hard. I, I, I haven't asked anybody this yet, but I think I'm going to ask you. As you became an evangelist, you started preaching the word. Sometimes it feels like families get under attack, right? Yeah, it, it can be your spouse. It can be your kids. It can be extended family. With your kids going through their own journey. Does it ever enter your mind? All right, I'm done. I'm not going to preach the gospel anymore.
1: Well, I'll be honest with you, not because of them. Okay. Because it strives me to keep doing what I'm doing, but it's times I've been wanting to quit because of religious people. <laughs> <laughs> um, amen, amen to that one. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I, I literally the book that I'm hoping to be out is called "Don't Try to Save the World and Lose Your Home." Ooh. My subtitle is "Your Home Is Your First Ministry." It's a very short read, but it's about my life. And you no, know, I don't quit because of family because I know that's a spiritual attack. But I, sometimes I want to quit because I'm like, "You, you say you're a pastor, right?" <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I think anybody listening that that's uh, done outside of the church ministry understands exactly what you're saying yes. right there. Yes. Yeah. Uh Mark, I have appreciated this so much. Is there any nugget you'd like to give our listeners today before we before we say goodbye? Um, one of the
1: biggest things, man, and I tell you, it was like Isaiah 61 when Luis passed. That that was you're talking about a 54-year-old man. I'm very emotional, but I knew he was going to go home, but yeah. when he went home, that really uh tugged at the soul. Yeah. And but one thing I took from him. And, and I, I tell people and anybody that's listening, do what God says to do. Be who he wants you to be. Say what he wants you to say and go where he wants you to go. Oh, that's so good.
0: I mean, if you do that, yeah, you would always hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Oh, you couldn't have said it any better. And I miss Louise. Oof. I miss Luis very much as well. Yeah well thank you mark we appreciate it we'll be praying for your ministry and i hope to see you at a conference again soon i can't wait man hey thank you so much
1: thank you take care god bless
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Enjoying the Journey podcast brought to you by Rise Ministries. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and to follow Rise Ministries on any of our social media channels. Thanks for
1: listening.